At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Eason. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, and it is opening day in Major League Baseball. Now, tomorrow we've got opening day here. It's supposed to be nice and sunny, upper 50s, lower 60s. It's going to be a gorgeous day for baseball. The old cliche there. So, we're going to talk some Rockies in just a moment. Adam Burke from the Mothership, from Vison, very sharp guy, going to give us some futures, some futures bets. In Major League Baseball, we'll talk about that win total, too, for the Rockies. Uh, The Nuggets, major, major, big-time NBA writer, comes out, says he's voting for Jokic. I'll also discuss the other side of things, why people don't think Jokic should be the MVP, and they're wrong. Nuggets-Grizzlies tonight, big game for the show, as we got to get one more win in these last two games to hit the over 47.5. We'll preview that game. And then the Denver Post had a Broncos mock draft. I'll react to that. Eric Moody, ESPN, going to give us some NBA bets. But let's get right into this. It's Rockies opening day. Season win total. You won't find a better uh, number out there at 68.5 on Bet Rivers. Now, a little bit of juice here, minus 121 to the over and minus 108 to the under. But it's 68.5. If you are betting the over, you got to take that. Now, the Rockies also on Bet Rivers, plus 1,300 to make the playoffs. So 13 seasons the books think that they would get there one time into the playoffs. A um, couple other things about opening day before we get into it. And then I'll tell you about my betting process and some Rockies trends that actually might help us. But the first thing would be, go to if you got kids, go take them to the game. If you can get tickets, go do it. 
or keep your kids at home, turn the TV on. Okay. It's just flat out good parenting. Now I would love to do that with my kids. I don't think I'm going to have time to do it just because of work. But again, I can't tell you how, how impactful it was to have parents that let me either go home and watch opening day on TV all day or actually go to an opening day game. It really just meant so much to me. And it helped me as far as my career goes because I fell in love with baseball. And to this day, I still cover it. So let me give you my process real quick, or at least the things that I would bet on more than others. I enjoy betting first fives as opposed to full games. Now, some of you say, what's first five? That is betting the first five innings of a game as opposed to betting a full game. Why do I do that? It takes the bullpens out of the equation. Altogether, it takes the bullpen out of the equation. Does that mean I'm never going to bet a full game? No, but what you're going to get to me from me more often than not will be first five lines, whether a team is going to win or lose, and some totals too, over-unders. I'll do that for a full nine games or a full nine inning game as well. Uh, but as far as picking a side, that's going to be first five for me. Don't want to screw with the bullpens. As far as some props, there's strikeout props that I'll give you this year. There will be some home run props that I'll give you this year as well. So we got a lot going on with the Rockies. Now, let's talk about the Rockies for a second because there are some trends, and I am not a big trends guy unless things really stand out to me and slap me in the face. And here's something that slapped me in the face. So VEASAN, our guys at VEASAN, went through the 2019, 2020, and 2021 seasons. Obviously, we had the shortened season with the pandemic. But over the last three years, are the Rockies a better home team or a better road team when we're betting? And I'll bring this up before we get into that number. The Rockies are 437 and 408 at home dating back to 2011. I mean, that's a long, long time, right? But look at this. They're over 500 at home by 29 games. They are under 500 on the road at 332 and 508 losses. So the first thing you want to look at with the Rockies, betting on them at home has been a winning proposition against the spread, hitting at almost 55%. That's a nice number. You're plus almost 20 units. Your return on investment, 10.5% if you're betting on the Rocky spread at home. The money line, just the money line. Now, if you want to bet the Rockies when they're on the road, it's going to be tough to make money over the long term because they are so bad that they're going to be big dogs, but they lose so many games. You're just not going to win on the money line more often than not. You can Bet them first fives, though. Let's say Marquez is pitching. Now, you're going to get worse odds. Marquez is pitching. Maybe Freeland, if he gets going, maybe sends a Tella. But on the road, this team has killed you. If you just bet road games, minus 22.5 units. Ugh, that's brutal. So there is a way to make some money. The Rockies will be dogs at home quite a bit, especially when you're looking at the Dodgers and the Padres coming to town. And we can make money that way. We could actually just bet every single home game. And over the last three years, that's plus units. That's one way to go at it. Best worst betting line scenario as a home favorite. Okay. Now, not a home dog, a home favorite. 56 and 30, 65%. Okay. 
If you are betting the money line on the Rockies at home, that has been profitable. Plus 13.7 units. Road favorite, not good. Not bad, not good. 15 and 14 minus three and a half units. So we don't want to worry about that. What about divisional opponents? They've done okay against the Padres last three years, 25 and 23 plus almost nine units against the Giants. They don't do well, minus eight and a half units at uh, 20 and 28 records. So those are just some of the trends that stood out to me that I was able to find on the Rockies. So what is going to be more profitable? Uh, Betting on the Rockies at home betting on the Rockies as a home favorite. Those are going to be two things that we're going to look at as the season goes on. A couple other notes that I want to bring up, and then we'll move on to the Nuggets because there's a lot going on with them. But spring training, it's over. And I want to say Charlie Blackman, for everybody being down on him because he's getting older, he finished the Cactus League hitting 355. With an on-base plus slugging over a thousand, two home runs and four RBIs. What does it mean when a guy has a big spring training? Not too much, but I just think it's a fun reminder that Charlie Black- Blackman is not washed. Charlie Blackman is not washed up. A lot of people want to say that. I'm not buying into it. Rockies finished the Cactus League with an eight, nine, and three record. Eight wins, nine losses, three ties. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Um, they're coming home from Arizona. They came home from Arizona. They got a workout today. And then tomorrow, it's the Dodger game, 210 at Coors Field. Russell Wilson thrown out the first pitch. By the way, just that win total, I told you at the top, 68 and a half. Fan graphs has the Rockies win total at 67 and a half and a 0.04 chance of making the playoffs. Plus 1,300 if you want to back the Rockies to get to the playoffs and you think, that it's a good bet. Okay, that's uh, number one on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. So we'll do a little baseball, and I can't wait. I'll have a lot of bets on the Rockies as the season goes by. And I want to remind you also, I'm not going to bet every single game because there's just some games where I'm not going to find a bet that I like. But we will have a lot of betting on the Rockies in 2022. Number two on the front range for the four biggest stories on the front range in sports. So John Hollinger, big time writer with the, uh, from, from the athletic John Hollinger, he voted Nikola Jokic as the MVP came out yesterday. Now listen, social media is a cesspool, right? But, but I will say this, that, um, it proved how big of a cesspool it was because It was all about Embiid did this and Embiid did that. And let me give you Hollinger's explanation for this, okay? He goes, we're getting increasing amounts of chatter in the blabosphere. Not the blogosphere, the blabosphere. I love it. Mainly from people who have consumed an average of .04 Nuggets telecast this season, which would be the same chances of the Rockies getting into the playoffs. But... 0.04 uh, Nuggets telecast this year. Unfortunately, that's the way it is here in Denver, too. So many people in Denver don't get a chance to watch the best player in the game. But Jokic, here's what he had to say from Hollinger. Let's cut to the chase. Jokic was the most valuable basketball player in 2021-22 in the regular season. As great as Antetokounmpo and Embiid have been, I don't see how anyone could study this in an intellectually honest way and come to a different conclusion. I'm with him. You know this, you look at the advanced numbers, there's guys out there that are making fun of it, saying, oh, Vorp, 
you know, VORP doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I went through the same thing in Major League Baseball back in 2003, almost 20 years ago. There was the book that came out. They made it in a movie, Moneyball. And at the time, 90% of the people that were in the media, okay, in the media, forget about the fans for a minute, in the media, the people that cover the sport were like, oh, there's a bunch of garbage. We don't do that. Not realizing that advanced statistics are, they paint a much clearer picture of exactly how good or bad a player is by digging deeper into the numbers, okay? It's that simple. And, and all these years later, finally, baseball, most people have embraced it. NBA, they're still coming along. NFL, forget it. I mean, there's so much pushback there. At least they're starting to incorporate it. But here, here's more from Hollinger. Jokic doing this while playing more minutes than nearly every other star. He's played 301 more minutes than Giannis and 218 more than Embiid. We're talking about almost 10 more games that he's played. I mean, think about this for a second. How many more minutes Jokic has played? And I think that matters. How often are you on the floor to help your team? Okay? Jokic. It's just, it's amazing, his advanced stats. And his regular stats are great. 27 points, 13.7 rebounds, and 8 assists on 58% shooting. He's better than Embiid defensively, according to the uh, advanced numbers. And Denver has the same record almost with Philly, although there's nobody around Jokic. You know, Harden's there now in Philly. Maxi there. They had Tobias Harris, okay? There was a lot going on with the Sixers this year as far as help for Embiid. There wasn't much help for uh, Nikola Jokic. The case against him, again, I'm, I'm going to look at this. He doesn't score as many points as Embiid. Big freaking deal. Because what he does is help the people around him score more too. So he doesn't score as much as Embiid, but he scores enough. What is he within like two and a half, three points per game? He does so much more with assists and doling them out and dishing them out that the other players around him are that much better. MB doesn't do that as much with the players that he has around him. Okay? The other argument, oh, the Joker, he plays in the West. The Nuggets would be a bad team in the East. It's all BS. It's all BS. Okay? Jokic has the better numbers. Jokic is the MVP, period. Next, and hopefully you were on that plus 650 ticket with us. I did hedge with Giannis, but I don't even know if I needed to do that anymore. Um, we'll move on to the next one. Number three, front range four, Nuggets Grizzlies tonight. A little bit of line movement here on Bet Rivers. The side went from Nuggets minus two and a half to Nuggets minus four and a half. And that was after John Morant. You want to talk about a perennial MVP candidate coming up. John Morant's going to be one of those guys. Spectacular to see how this kid has developed. Uh, minus 177 on the money line for the Nuggets. Don't recommend it. 232.5 is the total. Minus 110 juice on both sides. So let's get into this. You've got a Bet Rivers special tonight. The Nuggets to win and the over 233.5 is plus 230. So they're adding a point to the total but they're also giving you the Nuggets money line at plus 230. I wouldn't hate you for betting it. Not for me, but it is a pretty good, it's a sexy special put out there by Bet Rivers. So no Ja Morant for Memphis tonight. 
Jamal Murray is not coming back yet. Is there a possibility he plays this weekend? Yeah, there's a possibility he plays this weekend. Absolutely. But he ain't playing tonight. Hopefully he plays in that season finale against the Lakers. Now, the Grizzlies are the second best team in the NBA against the spread after a loss. They're coming off a loss. 16-7 and seven this season. Very good coming off a loss against the spread. A couple of issues with the Nuggets here. Last 10 games, the Nuggets are 27th in scoring defense. That is not good because the Grizzlies are second in scoring with an average of 115.4 points per game. And you probably, if you don't watch the NBA that much, you probably have heard of John Morant, but you haven't heard of Tyus Jones, Des Bain, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. These guys can play. Memphis is going to be a very good team for a very long time. I think the Nuggets do bring their A game. Memphis can score a bunch. The Nuggets aren't playing any defense right now. Very rarely do I have a pregame play on the Nuggets. I'm going to play the over to 232 and a half. Now, tonight, I am probably going to have this on a second screen. I'll probably have baseball on. But by the end of the game, I'll be watching this with the sound up because it's very important. We've got to get this win to get the over 47 and a half wins. Now, let me also give you the playoff scenarios now. A Denver win tonight or a Minnesota loss, and the Nuggets are officially in the sixth seed and out of the play-in game. So win one of these last two games or Minnesota loses a game and they're officially out of the play-in game, okay? Because Minnesota has the tiebreaker against the Nuggets. Utah clinches the division with a Denver loss tonight. Still a shot for the Nuggets. Win out. Jazz have to lose out. Nuggets win the division. Minnesota home versus the Spurs and the Bulls. And for Denver, it is tonight's game against Memphis. And then the Lakers, who is LeBron really going to play in that game? The Lakers are just a Travis Sham mockery. So those are the playoff scenarios here, the division scenarios. And uh, congratulations to that. Let's get it going. I love it. So over 232.5 is the play tonight in the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. And last but definitely not least, not least, I want to talk about this mock draft that the Denver Post did because I was talking about tight ends yesterday, how I think they need to go out and get themselves a good tight end, a blocking tight end. And here's what the Post did on a positional level, okay? They had drafting an outside linebacker as the number one need, picking that up in the second round. Outside linebacker, that's fine. Get a little depth there, maybe a starter. Uh, offensive tackle, maybe on the right side, maybe a right tackle. They do that in the third round. Then selecting a running back, a defensive lineman, a tight end in the fifth round, and two cornerbacks to round out the draft. And this is really what you're looking for from the Broncos at this point, just to clean up the rest of the roster. I can't say it enough. To me, this is the most balanced team in the National Football League. Very few holes. Is there a hole in the offensive line? We'll see. There have been some good signings this offseason. I don't think it's bad to bring in a young guy for depth. You know, third rounder. Hope to get him as a starter within the first two or three years. Outside linebacker, yeah. I mean, we could always use more of a pass rush. Running back, I don't know why it's taken so long with Melvin Gordon. Maybe the money just isn't there. Maybe it's just not happening. But drafting a running back, yeah, especially if Javante is going to be the bell cow at this point. You just bring somebody in. 
that can play third downs. Defensive lineman, again, you know, stacking up some depth there. Tight end, blocking tight end, something they absolutely need. And then who knows what they're doing in the sixth and seventh rounds. Uh, these are flyers. These are guys that you hope with upside, guys that you hope can make the make the roster. But a couple of cornerbacks, you'd like to see at least one cornerback added to this roster. So I actually thought they did a pretty good job there. I liked what they did. Uh, actually, I go back, and they also – uh, set a safety Lewis sign out of Georgia was the second round pick. So I go back here. Second round pick was a safety. They need safety help outside linebacker depth, offensive line depth, maybe a starter running back depth. You need that defensive lineman, tight end, two cornerbacks. And that is the mock draft next on the Denver city cast presented by bet rivers. We are done with the front range four. We're not done with baseball and the Rockies. Best bets for the 2022 season. And a long discussion on the Rockies with Adam Burke, MLB analyst with VEASAN. And we're going to hear from Burke next on the Denver CityCast. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials. Or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast. With more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with a Bet Rivers app. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Major League Baseball opening day. Now we got the Rockies coming up on Friday, but Adam Burke has been grinding away at these Major League Baseball previews for what seems like ever. And they're wonderful. First of all, Adam, congratulations on getting this done because I know you busted your butt. Um, you need any type of Major League Baseball betting info. You have them in your previews talk about just putting this together real quick and where people can find them because it's a good resource for me yeah we got all 30 teams posted over at vsin.com with team previews there's some stuff in there about player futures uh season win total picks and all that as well it's something i've done for i think this was my seventh year putting together a guide uh usually of greater magnitude than this but we had a much quicker turnaround to the season they announced they were going to play basically during March Madness. I was doing a lot of March Madness stuff, had to pivot to baseball. Got all 30 teams done in about 12 days, I think it was. So, uh, you know, a lot of research, a big push in a short period of time. But I do think they're very valuable, and, and they don't really lose their value just because it's opening day. There's a lot of stuff in there about individual players and pitchers that will be worth keeping an eye on throughout the first part of the season. So you can check those out at vcin.com. They are behind the paywall, but it's only $19 to get a subscription through May 1st. So I think it's definitely worth checking out. Go and check out his Rockies preview. I got it up right now. And you start with the offense here. Let's talk about the Rockies offense because there's, it's inexcusable that it was this bad from a power standpoint, especially playing here at Coors. They went out. They got themselves Grichik, obviously the big signing, and Chris Bryant. What do you make of the Rockies offense heading into this season? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously the Rockies offense typically performs very, very well at home, understandably so. You've got the thin air, the elevation, the big spacious outfield. Pitches don't move as much on the way to the batter, so they're able to kind of square those up a little bit more at home. The thing for the Rockies is the thing that it always is. 
you know, and I want to make sure I get these numbers right, so I'll get them off the screen here. But if you look over the last decade, from 2011 through the 2021 season, their batting average is 61 points higher at home. Their on-base percentage is 61 points higher at home. And their slugging percentage is 117 points higher at home than on the road. So at home, obviously, they perform very well. And in fact, they're 437 and 408 as a team at Coors Field from 2011 through the 2021 season. The problem is they're 332 and 508 on the road. So when you go on the road, pitches move differently, right? You're seeing different things than you typically see at home. So for their 81 games at home, they're in good shape. For their 81 games on the road, they are absolutely not. They strike out about 6% more often on the road than they do at home. It's just the nature of the beast. It's just the course field effect in play, and they really haven't found a way to conquer it on the road for whatever reason. So this offense will be good at home and bad on the road. It'll be the same thing that it always is. Chris Bryant is a nice addition. C.J. Crone's a guy with a lot of power that had a really underwhelming season last year. Uh, you know, now you got Brendan Rodgers there full-time where maybe his power kind of takes a little bit of a leap. Look, I think this offense is decent, but, you know, obviously the park-adjusted metrics will pull them down because of Coors Field, and they're still going to struggle on the road because that's just how it goes. Yeah, they, there's been so many different ways to try and fix this thing. They haven't figured it out yet. <clears throat> Good buddy of mine used to do a show with him, a kid by the name of Ryan Spader, and um, the ace of Spader on, on Twitter and we sat down for hours and he showed me this plan. He's like, why don't they just use two different sets of lineups? You use a lineup at home for these guys that can hit fastballs. And then you rest some other guys and you put them on the road and they can hit the breaking balls. And you listen to it the first time. I said, this is kind of crazy. Then the next time you do it, literally all they see here in Colorado is fastballs and breaking balls that don't break and changeups. You go on the road, you have to see these other pitches. I really think that it hurts the Rockies in that way. Um, that's the one side of the batting. What about the hitting or the pitching? I should well, say. What I do about want to say this here? real quick, hold yeah. before we move on from that. Look, I mean, they score 5.63 runs per game at home and 3.54 runs per game on the road. Yeah. You know, and, and look, I mean, you talk about some of the really smart teams that are out there, the Giants, the Rays, these different types of teams. They play differently at home than they do on the road to some degree because of the park factor, because they understand that, you know, the Rays, for example, Tropicana Field is an awful offensive park. It, it mm -hmm. is terrible. So at home, they're more patient. They draw a lot more walks. On the road, especially playing in AL East parks, where they're mostly good hitters parks, they're very aggressive. They don't walk as much. They hit for a lot more power. They actively try to slug the baseball. And that's one of the reasons why the Rays have had success. And for me, I'm big into analytics. I look a lot at the advanced metrics, stuff at fan graphs, the stat cast data at Baseball Savant, all of that. And one of the things that has always rubbed me the wrong way about the Rockies is... They have one of the smallest analytics departments in all of baseball. They've alienated so many of them that they had a mass exodus last year, I believe, or maybe it was during the 2020 season. Two years one ago. Of the, you know, look, I mean, if you have this distinct advantage at home and a very distinct disadvantage on the road, you have to have people smart enough to figure out what you're supposed to do, and they just don't make that commitment to analytics and – the teams that are 10, 15 years behind in Major League Baseball, it shows. And, and it's a big reason why the Rockies not only struggle so much on the road, but also only have the two playoff appearances for a very long period of time. Yeah. And I think Bill Schmidt, the GM that was just announced the GM right before the start of the season last year, at least is, start, is adopting uh, some of the analytics. He doesn't hate it like the previous regime. But you're right. Uh, it's, it's 100% there. Now, as far as pitching goes, 
They've got four good starting pitchers. If any of those guys go down, especially the top two with Freeland and and um, and Marquez, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, bullpen, they brought in a bunch of arms. They brought in Colomay. They got some power arms at the back end. Can we say anything good about the Rockies pitching staff? Well, I mean, obviously, look, you know, the, the same concepts that apply to the offense apply to the pitching staff as well. And, and the problem for them is, you know, not only is it difficult to pitch at home, but it's also challenging to pitch on the road. Because as you talked about, at home, you're throwing a lot of fastballs and a lot of breaking balls that don't do a whole lot. Well, when you go on the road, stuff moves. And so, you know, you're used to throwing to one spot in your home appearances and you throw to that same spot on the road and it's either a ball or it doesn't move the way you want it to and it winds up getting hit very hard. So the pitching side is where it's really, really difficult for them with that course field effect and all the issues that come along with it. Herman Marquez is a guy that's been you know, exceptionally good on the road at home. Obviously, he struggled a little bit, high batting average on balls in play, stuff like that. He's a legitimate frontline starter, though. The question is, you know, what about the rest of the staff? Kyle Freeland had that magic year a few years ago where he induced a lot of weak contact, had a lot of batted ball success. He hasn't been able to replicate that or really stay healthy since then. Antonio Senzatella, a guy who I give him a ton of credit. He's actually much better than I initially realized. But, you know, look, they try to do this ground ball heavy thing, and understandably so at Coors Field, but it mm -hmm. requires a very good infield defense. It requires a lot of balls getting hit at people. They don't strike out a lot of guys. So it's just very concerning to me. I, I really like to look for pitching staffs that have high strikeout rates to pair with the high ground ball rates. The Rockies don't necessarily have that beyond Marquez. Now they have to find somebody to eat up the innings that John Gray was previously taking. Uh, there are a lot of worries about this pitching staff, I think. But of course, too, you know, holding. I mean, you look at their season win total; it's you know pretty low. It's up there in the upper 60s. Expectations are not very high for this team, and I don't think the bar is too difficult to get over to win maybe 72, 73 games. I just don't think that they do a whole lot better than that. Yeah, you like you were leaning toward the over 68 and a half wins. What do you think of this? Betting it in season. So they have the Dodgers the first three games of the year. Let's say they drop two or three. Does that number drop to 67 and a half? Do we wait a month to see if they have a bad first month? Do we wait till the season? How can you attack this if you don't want to bet it right now at this number? Well, I think that, you know, something you can look for and something that I actually do a fair amount is looking at those adjusted season win totals at the all-star break. You know, you, you typically don't get in-season running win totals. Maybe that'll change, uh, you know, with so many more legalized books and, you know, so many... Uh, I mean, supply and demand are both very high right now in this business. So maybe some sportsbook opts to do that. But I like to look at the second, the adjusted second half win totals. And, you know, I don't know what the home road breakdown is of their schedule, but if they play more road games than home games prior to the All-Star break, maybe that's an adjusted season win total that I take a look at later on in the year. I just, I feel like this team is one where you'll find some day-to-day -day betting value, especially at home. On the road, it's very, very tough to have any interest in taking them unless you know they wind up with some kind of outstanding pitching matchup or something like that. So you're going to have to try to find spot plays at home to take them. And obviously, too, you know, look, no sticky substances on the ball, so spin rates are down, movement's down on a lot of pitches. At Coors Field, that's something that should benefit them, where spin rates were already down anyway because of the lack of resistance on the baseball. So I would think that as we go throughout the year here, Coors Field plays the way it historically has, maybe to a higher degree where we get a ton of high-scoring games, and maybe the totals don't necessarily account for that. Okay, sir, you have so much going on on the rest of Major League Baseball. Just want to get a couple thoughts 
uh, from you. What is your best bet as far as win totals go? Over, under, which team are you feeling the most confident in, whether it be going over the number or under the number, Adam? Well, we mentioned Chris Bryant, and I think his former team, the Chicago Cubs, are going to be a lot better than people realize. You can find their season win total out there. I know Bet Rivers was 73 and a half with, I think, minus 121 on the over. Uh, maybe that's changed since I last looked, but they're in that 73 and a half, 74 and a half range. And I think the Cubs are going to be a, a close to a 500 team, if not better than that. When you look at this team last year and, and really in 2020 as well, they knew it was coming to an end. It was just a matter of. When does Chris Bryant get traded? When does Anthony Rizzo get traded? When does Javier Baez get traded? You know, do any of our pitchers end up going? And now they've got younger guys that have been kind of waiting in the wings, waiting to play, putting up decent numbers at AAA. They've got a really, really good defensive infield, which is important because their starters, while they don't strike out people, much like the Rockies, they're going to have five, four guys that induce a ton of ground balls once Wade Miley comes back. So I think run prevention for the Cubs will actually be a relative strong suit for them because they'll be able to induce so many ground balls and convert a lot of those into outs. And offensively, they've got some power. They've got some bat-to-ball guys. Nick Madrigal never strikes out, right? So he's going to be a guy at the top of this order that can move runners, can get on base, can be out there on the base paths when these power hitters actually come up. And also, too, I think the division is terrible. You've got the Brewers yeah. who are really, really good. I don't think the Cardinals are very good. I'm kind of leaning towards their season win total under. The Pirates are obviously a joke. And the Reds traded off anybody that makes money outside of Joey Votto. So I think the Cubs are a team. I look for a lot of teams in that mid-70s range, Holden. And I think the Cubs are a team that can finish close to 500. I like their overseason win total. And I even threw a tiny bit on them to win the NL Central at 11-1. to Ooh, all right. I like it. Uh, any awards? Um other team totals, anything else that you are feeling pretty good about heading into the season? Um, because if anybody has futures on Jacob deGrom, I, I apologize to you because, well, you should apologize to yourself for doing that. Don't do it on Scherzer either because he's with the Mets and something bad's going to happen. What do you think about awards, man? Well, that's the tough part, you know, is you can go out there and get some numbers and you may have a dead bet if something happens like what happened to DeGrom or somebody ends up with UCL injury and, and winds up with Tommy John surgery. So it kind of goes against a lot of the mantras here in this business, but I'd rather wait on injury certainty than go out there and, and grab a price, even if I'm going to lose a little bit of line value on it. So, you know, I'm really looking at a lot of player future stuff over the really throughout today and maybe on into tomorrow as well, just because now we know who's going to make it to opening day healthy. With that being said, there are a couple that I do like out there. One of them being Alex Bregman to win the American League MVP. I've seen 45 to 1. I've seen 50 to 1 in that range. Bregman is two years removed from having back-to-back -back elite offensive and defensive seasons. He plays on a very good team. He's in the middle of an excellent lineup. And by all accounts, he's healthy this year. Last year, he had a wrist injury that took away his power in the second half of the season. He had off-season surgery on it. They say it's not going to bother him going into this year. So I think Alex Bregman in the middle of a really potent order, when you can find a 45 to one, a 50 to one, something like that, I think that's a really realistic look for him. Also too, I don't think there's a lot of great pitching in that division. So he should be able to feast on that a little bit. So I do like Bregman to win the MVP. I really liked Julio Urias. I saw him at as high as 35 to one to win the National League Cy Young. But when DeGrom goes down, everybody's price goes down. So now Urias is in that 20 to one range. I still think he's the best pitcher on that Dodgers staff, the, on the best team in baseball. 
He'll have chances to rack up wins. He limits hard contact against, so he won't give up a lot of home runs. I think Urias, even at 20-1, to 1, is, is still worthwhile. Like I said, he was much higher than that prior to the DeGrom injury. But also keep an eye out for these things throughout the season, too. You know, a guy that starts really slow, you know, his price may end up going up. And it's maybe just a sample size of 60 plate appearances or 75 plate appearances, something like that. It's barely 10% of the year if we're talking about mm-hmm. a guy getting 600 plate appearances. So you can look for some of these things throughout the course of the season as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. Great stuff here, Adam. Make sure you plug again all the stuff that you have out right now. I I was reading your previews. You've got a whole bunch of futures there. And Wine Garden's doing stuff. Steve Mackinan's doing stuff. All of the baseball things we can find. Where do we get them? Yeah, over at vcin.com. And again, a lot of stuff behind the paywall. But I think $19 for a subscription is, is a good investment here through May 1st. And you can see what we're all about. We got an NFL draft guide coming up as well. But as far as the baseball stuff goes... Not only the 30-team previews for me, I'll be doing a daily article with best bets, a market report, kind of looking at some line moves, telling people which starters are going to have line moves in the future, just kind of a grab bag on a daily basis of MLB information. And then also on Sunday nights from 8 to 10 Eastern, I'll be doing a show called The Run Line uh, with host Ben Wilson. So we'll be talking a lot of baseball stuff uh, from the Circus Sportsbook studio. So very much looking forward to that. Love baseball. I'm happy that we're going to have a season and uh, I think it'd hopefully be a successful one for us over at vcin.com. Join the club, buddy. Big baseball guy. Probably have a chance to catch up with you on that show, too, on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to it. Great work. Make sure you check him out at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Uh, I've got all the team previews up here. I've read through every single one of them now. And some of the information I will be regurgitating will be from some of the great things that they've put in their articles. Thank you, Mr. Burke. You take care of yourself, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Holden. Have a good one. You got it. Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, continues. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, Eric Moody, ESPN. We're going to talk about Javante Williams. Had a great, great question that he threw out into the Twittersphere on Javante, Alvin Kamara, and a third running back that we'll be discussing. Also get his best bets from the NBA. But first, uh, thank you to Adam Burke for hopping on the City Cast. And I want to just give a final thought on Major League Baseball, and then we'll get out and we'll talk to Moody from ESPN. Here is a AP poll, Associated Press, and they came out with this. They said about one in four fans of Major League Baseball feel at least some anger toward the sport after its first work stoppage in a generation. But the vast majority are still excited about the new season. I'm not as excited as I used to be. I used to get so jacked up about opening day. Even last year, actually. I don't think I slept very well before opening day last year. This work stoppage this offseason just soured me on so many different levels. I can't stand Manfred. I'm bothered by some of the players. It's it's just sad that these guys just don't get it. And think about this. There's one game nationally televised today. One. And it's on cable on ESPN. One, one tomorrow also, nationally televised. Now, 
you can get around this if you have cable or direct tv or whatever you can get the package for free okay but the fact of the matter is this is your most important regular this is your most important regular season day these next two days and one game one game is televised nationally what a joke it, it, baseball just pisses me off because they're their own worst enemy it's amazing so let's do this. 27% of Americans say they are a fan of baseball. Ugh. Only 27% of Americans? Hmm. 32% of Americans 45 and older say they are fans. So again, you got a problem with the younger fans. We've had problems with the younger fans getting them to baseball for a long time. Only 22% of younger adults are fans of baseball, whatever that means. And only 8% of baseball fans said the lockout had a major impact. Okay? 39% said it had a minor impact. So I'm part of the 39%. I don't know where you are, if you're part of the 8%, if you just can't stand baseball and it doesn't matter anyways, or if you're with me, 39%, because it had a minor impact on me. Interesting. Fans who followed the news about the lockout were especially likely to say it had an impact on them compared with those who didn't. 64% of these baseball fans that followed the lockout, not happy, had an impact on us. 34% that didn't bother watching the whole off season, which is what I wish I did, uh, 34%. So here's the deal, my excitement tempered because of the lockout. I will watch these games, I will be taking my kids to Coors Field, but I'm not as excited about this opening day as I was in the past, but who cares? Let's go win some money betting baseball this season. And my first baseball bet will be coming on tomorrow's show as the Rockies and the Dodgers face off. We're going to wrap this show up with my buddy Eric Moody from ESPN. Talk a little Javante Williams. Talk about some NBA bets. That's next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with a Bet Rivers app. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Wrapping up the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers with Eric Moody from ESPN. You've been listening to this podcast or see me on the mothership on VEASAN. You know, Moody's one of my guys here. Does some great work with ESPN. We're going to talk a little uh, fantasy football with Javante and then get into some NBA bets. Eric Moody, thank you for the time. I appreciate this. And uh, let's talk a little fantasy football, buddy. Are you doing mock drafts now? I mean, I know the season just ended a couple months ago, but are we full force there? Yeah, yeah, you got to be full force all year round. Yeah, I've, I've done some mocks and, and looking at, uh, you know, average draft position, you know, for different uh, formats. So it's always good to kind of have a, uh, an idea of the pulse of where certain players are going. So I'm all in. So is Javante, where where are you taking Javante here? Where is he going in these drafts this early in the offseason? 
You know what? I've I've done some mocks and I've looked at ADP. I've seen Javante Williams go as early as the latter part of the first round, and consistently I see him go, uh, you know, at the top half of the second. And so, yeah, he, he you know he's he's going he's being drafted as if he's going to be you know the guy in 2022. But as you and I both know, we've heard some things about Melvin Gordon, right? Well, I mean, he's got to come back. That's the whole thing. Like, they might end up drafting a rookie in the draft. And I think if they do that, then how do you not look at Javante as one of the top five backs in the NFL? Yeah. In fantasy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, in fantasy, I'm like, he'll, he'll be positioned for success. But it's – you just kind of hear some rumblings that, you know, hey, we, we'd like to have Melvin Gordon back, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of one of those scenarios for where – I look at it, I kind of read between the lines. I think the Broncos would like to have Melvin Gordon back at the right price. And what and that, at that certain price point, then you're looking at like expectations too. And these are behind the scenes conversations where it could be conversations around like his workload. But obviously, you know, if if um Javante Williams has the backfield to himself or he's partnered with another rookie, like he's going to be the guy. You know, looking at his stats, what I thought was interesting, you know, last season he averaged 15 opportunities. And when I say opportunities, you know, rushing attempts and targets. But he only exceeded, you know, that per game average six times last season. What was interesting in those games, he averaged 18 fantasy points per game in those six games where he did have more than 15 opportunities. So, hey, the opportunity is there. I just think a lot of fantasy managers are looking for clarity on uh, Melvin Gordon just to get that proverbial elephant you know, out of the room, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and then he's what? Ta he's definitely a first-round pick in any format, right? Like, we're, oh. Even if Gordon's back. Yeah, I would say even even if Gordon's back, I, I'd be comfortable taking him like in the first. But I just I think his ADP is going to get impacted. He'll probably end up looking like more like a, a second round, early third round pick because you'll know Ooh. you'll have some people out there that are concerned. But it's definitely going to impact his value. Okay, all right, I'm hearing you here, buddy. Um, let's get into the NBA. Just a couple days left in the regular season over the weekend. I can't remember. Are you an MB, MB to MVP guy? I'm not going to shout you down. I'm just sick of the the anti-Jokic people that are pooping on him because uh, they love MB and they just want to hate Jokic. Who's your MVP right now? Yeah, I would say right now, and I know the last time we talked about this, it was where things were really trending up for uh, you know for Joel Embiid. But it's kind of hard to knock if you look at what uh, Jokic has done. I'm like, his mm -hmm. team is in a position, and this was something I mentioned the last time we talked about this, is that I think it's important if he can will his team to the playoffs or in a really good position to make the playoffs, that was going to be the determining factor. And obviously things have kind of trended down you know, for the 76ers in a way while they've trended up, you know, for uh, the Nuggets. And so I, I think he's my pick for MVP right now. I like what he's done. I think he's positioned to win. Yeah, I love him. I absolutely love what Jokic is doing. Uh, that being said, Embiid's been great. Uh, Giannis has been great too. But we got a nice little NBA slate tonight. Uh, not, I mean, this is it. It's basically the regular season's over. Yeah. We just got a few things to work out. I need a win out of the Nuggets to get over 47 and a half wins. Like, they should have had it already. It's very frustrating. But um, what do you like tonight, props-wise? Any, any game you're targeting? Any players you're targeting? Yeah, and I was I was thinking about the slate like this, this morning. I keep I keep 
coming back to the uh, Orlando Magic and the Charlotte Hornets. I like I like a lot wow. of the players in that matchup from uh, like a betting perspective, or if you're playing fantasy and you're looking for a streamer. So I'll rattle off some names here. You can just stop me whenever you need me to. But mm-hmm. I know one name that I like is uh, Mo Bamba. I like him quite a bit. Because uh, if you look at the Magic, and, uh, and Markel uh, Fultz is another good option too, because there's a lot of you know, viable streamers and, and, and prop bet picks like in this matchup, you know, the magic are tanking and you got Cole Anthony, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Franz Wagner uh, have already been ruled out. So all these guys are positioned for success. I'm like, if you look at faults, I'm like, he's averaged 14.2 points per game, you know, 2.5 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game and two steals per game, like over his last six games. So he's a, he's a viable streamer. Uh, as far as like from a betting lens, love Mo Bamba. Uh, five out of his last seven games, and like he's recorded a double double. You know, he's averaged 14 points per game and 9.4 rebounds per game during that time frame. And if you look at the other Wagner, Moritz Wagner, I think he's in a good position, uh, you know, to uh, succeed, you know, as well. On the Hornet side, just to close the loop on that, uh, you know, Miles Bridges, I think he's in a really good position uh, for additional minutes with uh, Gordon Hayward, doubtful, you know, with that foot injury he's been dealing with here recently. Um, he's averaged, you know, 26 points per game and eight rebounds per game over his last six. The Magic are also kind of horrendous, you know, defensively at times. They rank 19th in points allowed per 100 possessions. But I really like uh, LaMelo Ball here as well. If you're looking Ooh. at a prop bet, points, assists, and rebounds, Ball over his last seven games has averaged nearly nearly 23 points, uh, nine assists, and a 5.4 rebounds uh, per game you know, nearly uh, 35 minutes per game. And I, I think if you look at the Hornets, like an attempt to kind of secure that 10th seed in the East, I think he's going to bring his A game against the Magic. And if you look at, uh, like, if from, like, a fantasy lens or just – and this kind of can apply to betting in a way. You know, I live in both of those worlds. Mike Orlando's allowed, like, the six most uh, DraftKings points per game to point guard. So he's positioned to have, like, a, a monster line, especially from a scoring lens. So those are some names, at least from that matchup, you know, that kind of come off the top of my head. I've got some others that we can touch on, time permitting – what do you think? Hey, listen, I got plenty of time to touch on other things. What I think is I'd like to hear some other player props from you, my friend, because we're, I don't know if you have anything on the Memphis Nuggets game tonight, but mm-hmm. to me, that's looking like an over. I do. The Nuggets yeah. defense has been an absolute Travis Sham mockery over the last month, I suppose. Memphis, even without jaw, just continues to score. So let's hear it, man. My One of my show plays here today. That game over 232 and a half. What do you got from the Nuggets and the Grizzlies? Yeah, and I, I like what you mentioned as far as like with that with that total. But uh, I know one one player prop I really like is uh, is Aaron Gordon. I'm like, this guy is, is he's peaking like at the right time, uh, which is good from a betting lens. You know, great for those who uh, scooped him up uh, in fantasy basketball as well. But if you look over the last 11 games, I'm like Gordon's average. 18.3 points, 2.5 assists, and seven rebounds per game in 32.5 minutes per game. I, I think the Nuggets, you know, they're, they're going to do everything that they can to avoid, like, the play-in tournament. They, they want to avoid that thing like the plague. So they want to really solidify, like, their playoff spot. So, again, Gordon's peaking at the right time. Uh, if it's a prop you're looking to target in that matchup, I think he's the guy. Ooh, all right. So what what's the what are we doing here? Is there any particular bet? Is it points, assists, rebounds, points, rebounds? I would say for Gordon, uh, I do like points, assists, and rebounds. But if you're going to look to isolate just one, I think he'll go over like in points. But I do like uh, points, assists, and rebounds. Um, you know, going over on that prop. So you've been good with these too. Is there one more bet that's maybe on the tip of your tongue that you want to share from the NBA tonight? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Giannis. 
the Bucks. You know, they're they're in a fight for playoff seeding, mm-hmm. so that's important. I know he's probable. At least the last time I checked, uh, I think he'll play. I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't. I think he's going to deliver a dominant performance. I'm like, you know, this is a a player like since March. I'm like, he's averaged 32 points, five assists, and uh, 12.4 rebounds per game. Now. Um, now, if you look at, like, Boston, Boston's been a, a pretty strong defensive team uh, this season, especially the second half of the season, you know, uh, you know, after the All-Star break. But I'm like, Giannis, he's not your average NBA player. I don't think he's going to have any problem uh, with them defensively, and I think he's going to deliver, like, a Hallmark game. So that's another prop bet I like. Ooh, like a Hallmark game. I, here's the last thing for you, and I wonder what's going on. So <clears throat> NFL, that's where I got to know you. You're great at the NFL. You do that. You've been hitting – really nice uh nicely with these props in the nba what's next like is it grinding the playoffs and then you're like the rest of us where from late june to early september you're you're just hoping football gets here soon how do you handle that because i know you do nba WNBA, nfl what happens when the playoffs are over where are you going what are you doing yeah, so obviously, you know, the uh, the NBA playoffs will, will be, you know, vital, especially from a betting lens. It's still, you know, bets to make there. So I would say, just to kind of answer that question, you know, the NBA will still obviously be a priority. You know, NFL, you know, fantasy football and betting, you know, all that will play a part. But uh, my workload as far as like with the WNBA, you know, will pick up, you know, quite a bit. And it's actually going to start to pick up like this week because uh, – I will be creating a fantasy, you know, basketball content for the WNBA. I'm curious to see if we'll also weave in some betting content as well. But that's really kind of what I would say from now until the summer. It's really going to be, you know, NBA, then WNBA, and then ramping up for uh, NFL. So there we have it. All right, my friend. Plug everything you're doing. You do great work. Yeah. So I would say the, the, the best thing that you can do or one thing that you can do is go to Twitter. You know, my uh, Twitter uh, handle is Eric in moody you'll see a picture of me there you know of my my freshly shaven head so follow me there i engage quite a bit with my audience and uh any questions you have you know send me a tweet uh send me a dm you know they're open but you can check out all of my sports betting and fantasy content over at espn again nfl nba and wnba thanks again for the invite holden it's a pleasure as always sir no, thank you. We got some insight on Javante. We, we, now you're on Jokic for MVP. That's wonderful to hear. And Aaron Gordon bet. Great stuff from Mr. Eric Moody. That's our show today. Thank you very much to Adam Burke from VEASAN for hopping on, previewing the season, talking a little uh, Rockies baseball. That's terrific as well. I will be back tomorrow with more of the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.